You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I'm so, I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, mom. Anything's possible. Rainy days, jump shot, fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it every night about it. A real C's fan wouldn't want to live their life without it. Banner 18 in the making, we got to make it. Best squad in the East and still we can't get complacent. Most winning franchise, so the history's ancient. You could tell them other guys to go and plan a vacation. Yeah, Corrales, Packard, and J. King Locked on, trying to get the 18th ring The most in-depth coverage that you ever gonna hear Well-respected in a city like Russell's career It's raining Jay. Millie's Welcome back, this is the Locked On Celtics Podcast I want to thank you for making us part of your daily routine We're here for you Monday through Friday It is Thursday, draft day But I don't want to talk about the draft Because who knows what's going to happen with the draft We'll talk a little bit about it, we'll touch on it with Jalen Brown and, and some questions about his availability around the draft. We'll touch a little bit more on, on uh, Al Horford and Kyrie Irving, some rumors about him in Brooklyn and whether Brooklyn might back out in a certain scenario. We're the Rain of Jays. I am John Corrales. I covered the team for MassLive.com. Joined by the kid, Jay King, covers the team for The Athletic. The How God. are you feeling, Jay? <laughs> we'll stick with kid and see if you can work around. <laughs> I'm- I'm I'm great, man. I'm I'm doing great. Just a little tired, you know. It's been a long day at work. Just writing about the Celtics, maybe deteriorating <laughs> in front of everyone's eyes. So, been an interesting few days. This has been like this is the the beginning of the. Like, I feel like as of now uh, that I've been on the beat and I'm doing this full time, like. There's a little bit of a break here with the with the playoffs, but now this is all full bore. You got the draft. You got the uh, free agency coming up, summer league, like, but in a month, it's going to be mostly over. Like July 19th, it's going to be like, everybody's going to be signed. There'll be some stragglers. Hopefully there's no wild, you know, crazy August thing, but we'll probably be kind of done. So it's kind of an interesting, interesting time. This is like the, the home stretch. So get some coffee. Yeah, You're buddy. You're going to make it. You're going to do it. Just get me to August, baby. <laughs> so let's start with Kyrie. Kyrie Irving is supposedly going to Brooklyn. Everybody's talking about him going to Brooklyn. It's going to be him as a net. It's guarantee, except on Wednesday morning, Woj on Get Up said that Brooklyn isn't may not may not be. I don't want to say isn't. Brooklyn may not be interested in Kyrie Irving as a, quote, solo act, that they're opening up enough space for two max players. The anticipation is that it would be Kyrie and Kevin Durant. And if it's not Kyrie and Durant or and somebody else, there's a question about whether they want Kyrie at all because we just watched what Kyrie did to a team as the solo, like, big star. So... I'll ask you, Jay, did this year in Boston turn teams off to the idea of we can build around Kyrie Irving? Do you think? I can't imagine it helped (laughs) (laughs) from the way he handled all the scrutiny to 
the way he flamed out in the playoffs. He just did not have a year that would make you confident in him being the leading guy. Now, if he comes with a Durant or if he comes with whoever else, he has proven he can be an incredible number two. Right. That is in the books. He's had one of the just an incredible run in the finals the year the Cavaliers won it. He has been just electric in that role, but some of the pressures of being the top guy this year got the best of him. And I, I wouldn't I wouldn't blame teams for wondering how he would fit in an another ecosystem built around him because this year it was simply put <laughs> ugly. Yes. Yes, it was. And and he was great. I, I, I do want to stress like, he as was, a player. He was fantastic. Right. He was he an all NBA player. Might've had the best year of his career. Sure. Um, except that, like the more you hear, the more the, the stuff that comes out is more that there, there was just Kyrie was at the center of just strained relationships here and there. Uh, you know, I've got somebody in the league texting me today that Kyrie and Al Horford hated each other. And I don't know how true that is because they seem to get along fine on the court, but it, it's, I'm sure they weren't going out for drinks after games, but they're in different parts of their lives and they're different people. And, but if it didn't work, I mean, if, if you can't be on, if you can't be friends with, uh, Al Horford, who can you be friends with? I mean, that guy's like the most amicable guy there is. So I feel like the more you learn about Kyrie Irving, the more you learn that he's just tough. It was a tough situation. Um, not that they couldn't make it work, but I think that mix of players was just bad. And it was not the right mix of players for Kyrie to try his first hand at leadership with because of everything that happened the, pre the previous year. Guys, you know, like Terry Rozier looking forward to contracts. Guys like Al Horford looking for a championship and seeing things kind of dwindle a little bit. Uh, I feel like now that this has happened, it's it's it has to be Kyrie plus somebody. Anybody that's getting just Kyrie is is asking for some some issues, uh, which is interesting because. At this point, a year ago, it's not that we thought that this was going to be the case. That Kyrie would be great as as a as an option, and you start building around him, that it would be fine. So a lot's changed. A lot has changed. Um, now, I would assume that if the Nets don't get Durant, and let's say that they don't get anybody else, okay, they move on and they say, well, we've got. D'Angelo Russell, he's sort of Kyrie light, so we're going to pay him. He's younger, and hopefully he grows into that. Then what's next? Do you think it's as simple as he goes to New York, or is it possible that a door is open for a return to Boston? Uh, it would be interesting, to say the least, to kind of spin back to Boston, but... Kyrie's always been an interesting guy, so it, it, it would be very, very strange at this point 
after everything that has transpired, after the Celtics essentially passed on loading up their best offer for Anthony Davis because of the uncertainty surrounding Irving, or the not even uncertainty, the <laughs> the lack of optimism surrounding Irving and it would just be weird for him to come back no matter what happens elsewhere. There will be teams, whether it's the Lakers, the Clippers, the Nets, the Knicks, there will be somebody out there who wants him and who wouldn't make him come back to a weird reunion (laughs) after everyone thought he was gone. That would be, okay, let's put it this way. Can he even come back to Boston at this point? I mean, is it possible that he comes back to Boston and is is welcomed back by fans? Like at this point, everybody's turned on him. Like there's, I feel like if he came back, it would be just awkward for fans to have to like try to root for this guy again. I don't know that he can come back. I mean, if he comes back, everyone will root for him. That's just how it goes. <laughs> I guess it's true, but people are rooting against him because. They think he's going to leave, and they think he's going to leave after leaving unfinished business and a trail of just rockiness throughout this past season. So if he comes back, no one will care that he almost left and he was a foot out the door and whatever else. I think the fans will care. won't care. I think people will care. If he comes back, people would rejoice. There, there definitely would be people who rejoice. He would also be open to a lot of criticism like it's hard to put that toothpaste back in the tube a lot of people have already turned on him and are, are like ready to boo him out on site the net wherever they see him for him to come back and be like what I, I told you guys i was coming back like that would be bizarre i get what you're saying and i don't disagree but man that would be weird this probably deserves its own podcast but one day if he does leave we should debate where he would stand on the most hated Celtics list ever. Yeah, I think once he leaves, we can do that. But I'll tell you what, it's it's got to be at the top. <laughs> it's going to be like within the top three, without having giving it any thought. I would say he he gives like Rick Pitino a real run for his money. <laughs> that, that's a, that's a, an impressive run for the money. Yeah, I think so. Uh, All right, why don't we leave that there? We'll come back. Draft is Thursday night tonight. By the time you're listening to this podcast, some sniffing around Jalen Brown. We'll talk about that when we come back on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Adam Himmelsbach of the Globe reporting on Wednesday that he's heard that teams are calling about Jalen Brown and his availability going into the draft. Uh, it's not the first time I've heard Jalen Brown attached to uh, some sort of trade, not rumor, but speculation. Uh, the Celtics are obviously in a re- retool mode. And Jalen Brown is now going into the last year of his rookie contract before he hits restricted free agency. That means he's due for a potential, although the Celtics don't do this, a potential extension. We'll see if they do break from tradition. But 
this is, Jay, what I think teams should be doing. The Celtics kind of retooling. They've got a guy that there's a question about whether they want to pay. So a team calls him up and be like, hey, if you're not sure you want to pay him, we'll we'll take him and we'll let you move up into the draft. I assume that one of the calls being made is from the Pelicans and that number four pick. Yeah, you would think so. <laughs> he would be really fun next to Lonzo Ball and Zion Williamson. That would be even more of a league pass favorite than it already will be. Um, but yeah, teams near the top of the draft should call about Jalen Brown because they see what's going on with the Celtics and they see that there's some uncertainty there. And that means that maybe, just maybe, there's a chance that they could offer a pick they weren't sure what they were going to do with in return for a guy who has already proven himself as a quality NBA win. And it could be a lot more than that, potentially. So I don't think it's unexpected at all that teams are calling about Jalen Brown. That seems to me like the most obvious thing that could ever happen, would ever happen. Um, but I, I do wonder what the Celtics are looking at in regards to potentially moving up, what they would give up, who, which prospects they may fall in love with. Would it be Garland, who they've been rumored to? Would it be someone else? How high could they get with their three first-round picks, 14th, 20th, and 22nd? What picks are available? There's a lot of different directions that sellers could go with this draft, especially knowing what they seem to know now with Kyrie Irving and Al Horford potentially you know, 99% of the way out the door. So... Everything is just weird right now for the Celtics, and nothing at this point would really surprise me. Yeah, look, the Celtics have needs now that are kind of all over the place. They could, if if they were to entertain this, they would be looking for a, they would have to identify a guy who they think is a future all-star. Because I still believe in Jalen Brown as a potential all-star level player. Um Maybe not perennial all-star, but I think he can make like two or three in his career, which makes him a really good player. So you'd have to wonder if, if the Celtics are entertaining this, would they, what would they target at four? There are guards potentially available. Well, everybody's available at four. There's, there are guards, there are forwards, there are bigs. Uh, I don't know who I know that. Uh, Garland is a Tom Westerholm favorite. My, my colleague at mass live and, and our draft expert, uh, he's, he's infatuated with Garland. Um, mostly I think because Westerholm's a shooter and he just falls in love with anybody who can hit 30 footers, but that's, that could be a target. I mean, he's, he's, he's not the only guy who's mentioning that. Do they go with a potential cheaper version of Jalen Brown with Deandre Hunter? Um, I, I don't know. I don't know enough about these guys to advocate for anything, but the Celtics have to explore these things. Now, uh, they have to look at what kind of assets can they accumulate? I know people around the NBA and NBA Twitter are busting Danny Ainge's balls for accumulating assets and not doing anything with them, but we've already adjudicated that on this podcast. The, uh, the next thing that he has to do now in retooling this team is is look at 
everything that he has and is it worth getting more if giving up the player can get him some similar value in return in addition to that some extra assets so i personally don't think that something something is there i don't think that they're going to make a trade up like that but i can see why they would entertain that they also, I guess, Jay, have the option of trading out of this draft. I, I, what are the odds, do you think, that they they make all three picks? Stay put and make all three picks. Uh, so it's, it's hard to tell. Like a few years ago when they had, um, how many was it, three first-round picks, four first-round picks, when they had Jalen and drafted Yabu and Zizic. I would have thought they would package some of those and trade some of those, but they drafted two draft and stash guys um, who haven't really mounted anything yet, but still. <laughs> uh, so trades can be tougher than you think. Moving up, as we saw with the Justice Winslow saga, can be very difficult because teams fall in love with prospects after evaluating them for years. Um, and then... Yeah, but and then they'll have they'll have to consider a lot of paths, and I don't know what path they're looking toward. If they're looking to get maximum cap space, which could be a thing now, <laughs> um, they could move some of those picks for future picks or whatever, and try to clear clear those first round salaries off their books. If they're looking for Something else. <laughs> I honestly it's, don't know at this it's point. It's so hard I'm, to tell. <laughs> and you ask around, and uh, of course, they're the Celtics will tell you that they could do anything. They could move up. They could move down. They could move out. <laughs> <laughs> they are looking into all their options as usual. So I, I, I am at a loss for how the Celtics will proceed, and that's that's all I got. That's that's all I got. Yeah, I I'm sorry. I have no better analysis than that. <laughs> well, it's because they can go so many different ways. Uh, I don't think they'd make all three picks. Just all of the way the momentum is going, I don't think they'd make three first round selections and have those three first round selections join the Celtics. Like I don't think the Celtics have three first round rookies joining them in training camp. Uh, as far I I would say that a draft and stash counts as not making or, or not taking a pick this year because you're essentially drafting a guy and, and deferring the arrival for a couple of years. He's not going to count on your books. He's not going to count for anything. Uh, so uh, I would say I wouldn't be surprised if maybe one player came via the draft. So we'll see. We'll see. I, the Celtics will be active and, and I wouldn't put it past Danny Ainge to, to, Surprise us with something that we didn't even consider. Also surprising us, Al Horford. And still still stinging. I listened to the podcast yesterday and just resignation in Jam's voice when he discussing the departure of Al Horford. Some more thoughts on that, including where he might go when we come back on the Lockdown Celtics podcast.
Looks like Al Horford is going to be a former Celtic. Uh, add him to the list. And on Wednesday, Kevin O'Connor, old friend Kevin O'Connor, reporting that his league sources tell him that the Dallas Mavericks are the front runners as of right now to land Al Horford, which would pair him with Luka Doncic, which would uh, pair him with Kristaps Porzingis. Jay, what do you think about Horford opting out of Boston to potentially go join the Mavericks? It would be interesting as hell. Uh, for one, I think he'd be a perfect fit next to Doncic for a lot of reasons. Give him a pick and roll partner. Give him a guy who makes everything easier. Give him a star teammate who doesn't give a damn about shine and is always reliable. And he would fit really well basketball-wise next to Porzingis. Assuming Porzingis is healthy, it would be an interesting decision from Horford's perspective. And if it happens, it I would assume it would involve uh, a lot more money than the Celtics were willing to pay. Because to me, and maybe Doncic will progress so rapidly and Porzingis will come back 100% healthy and I'll be wrong about this, but to me, even with Horford, the Mavericks have no chance to contend for a title. Not even in a wide-open NBA. So from that perspective, it would be strange, but if he's trying to get paid and play with some interesting young talent and maybe one day a couple years from now be part of something pretty special, then the Mavericks could be that for him. It's kind of in some ways like he'd be joining like when he joined the Celtics a couple years ago yeah, and they were kind of like a, a blank template. The Mavericks, I guess are sort of that, although they don't have Isaiah Thomas, like the Celtics had a couple years ago, that one star, I guess, I guess Don, Donkic already is that though. So maybe they do. Yeah. I would say Donkic is pretty much. Uh, yeah. I, I will say this about Al Horford. Like he is as team first guy as you're going to find he does not care about scoring. He only cares about getting his team teammates better. He cares about winning. But he is not one to sacrifice dollars. He played hardball with the Hawks, and they wouldn't go the extra year, and he left. He is with Boston. Apparently, if things are as reported, and this may change, not sure, but if, as Mark Stein reported, that there there is a four-year, $100 million offer out there, and the Celtics didn't want to come close to that, and he's going to walk, which, I, of course, he should. At this point, look at the way the Celtics are going, trending down. If they're not going to – if an opportunity shows up, that's more money than you thought that you were going to get, hell, do it. Go for it. I, I don't blame you at all. But he's not going to say, well, I like it in Boston. I'm going to give him a little bit of a discount to stay here. He's going to go get his money. And and I think his his history has proven that. He he will play hardball when it comes to the negotiations. So and I think with, with the likelihood, the, the severe likelihood that Irving's leaving, I don't think I blame the Celtics if money is the reason why they let Al Horford walk. No, I don't blame either side. Because there would be a very slim chance of winning a title with him. 
And if you're not going to win a title with him, then going getting younger and, and increasing flexibility and turning toward the young guys would be and not overpaying a 33 year old who will be 37 or whatever in the last year of his contract could be for the best. So it would, it would suck to lose Al Horford for the Celtics. He is pretty much irreplaceable with the options that they'd have everything he does from a versatility standpoint, from a mentorship standpoint, from just being rock steady all the time. There's no way they would replace that basketball value. You've seen it when he steps off the court, they regularly just crater. Um, but I, I do get it from a team building standpoint. If, if he's not the piece that puts you over the edge or potentially puts you over the edge or makes you more attractive to talent, other talent you could get or keep than overpaying him. There, there's a price to that. And for the Celtics that, that may just be too high. I mean, that might be what it is, but still, man, that's a tough hit. It is. It is a tough hit. Um, I don't think the Mavericks make as much sense as the Clippers. The Clippers are mentioned in the rumor as well. The, the Mavericks, like you said, are, are, will be good and they'll be better. And I think they'll be in the mix to maybe get a top four seed, but I still have questions about, we'll have to see how the team is fully constructed and how the rest of the, the conference in the league is constructed. But right now I, I get a feeling like they, they other teams have the potential to, to be better. Uh, the Clippers definitely have the potential to be very, very good because they can get Kawhi Leonard and they seem to be one of it's either them or Toronto. They can get Kawhi Leonard, sign him to a max contract and still find a way to get enough money open to get uh Horford that reported four year, hundred million dollars. It might cost them Patrick Beverly, but I think they'd be okay with losing him and getting a different point guard in. If it meant getting Kawhi, and Al Horford. I think if you add Kawhi and Al Horford to that team from from last year, minus a couple of pieces, like I said, Beverly would be the, the toughest one to lose. But I think getting Kawhi and Al Horford in there makes them the favorites in the West. They'd be up there, certainly, um, especially with the other pieces they have. The Jazz, too, with Conley. Those, yeah. those dudes... Those dudes have a nice roster together. Yes, they do. They have really nice fit, and it would take Donovan Mitchell becoming a superstar, but I think there's a chance for him to do that. Um, and I think especially with additional spacing, now that Rubio's been replaced by Conley, a major upgrade, Mitchell could could be the one, and that defense is super, super good, especially mm-hmm. with Conley involved. Um, West... West is going to be wide open. West is going to be interesting. I mean, depending on what happens in free agency, Kawhi signing somewhere could shift things. The Lakers signing another guy could shift things. But right now there are a lot of teams with a chance, I think, to win the West next year. And that's neat. Yeah, it's it's going to be a fun season. It's the season that people have been waiting for ever since uh, Durant went to the Warriors. Now, the league is wide open again, and it's going to make things very interesting. 
we will keep track. We should we should mention, by the way, before we go, that that, that Memphis trade does. Uh, we expected it to, but it does increase the value of that Memphis pick. The the Memphis Grizzlies obviously trading uh, uh, Conley away. They got back like Grayson Allen, Kyle Korver, Jay Crowder, uh, a couple of couple of first round picks. So it's a nice haul for Memphis, but those guys aren't going to stick around there for very long. I don't think. I think that's they're going to end up being traded. They don't fit now. Uh, John Morant is going to be their pick for sure now, and that's going to make them probably not very good over the next couple of years. So the Celtics have a very valuable pick from the Memphis Grizzlies there. We'll see how they use it. We'll see if it's involved on the Thursday NBA draft. Maybe it does move after all. Lots to get to there. We will be at the Celtics practice facility for the NBA draft, and uh, we'll – I don't know. We'll figure out a podcast or something after that because that's going to be a wild night. Thursday night's going to be a wild night. Uh, very, very busy. So we'll we'll have some kind of podcast after that. And we we'll hope you subscribe to the show wherever podcasts exist. Uh, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Himalaya, all of those. Or ask your smart device to play podcast Locked On Celtics. We also ask you, if you are a subscriber, to give us good written review wherever you can. Give us a five-star rating and share the podcast. Spread the word. Tell everybody to listen to the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Yeah, Corrales, Packard, and Jay King. 